Welcome to the Grow People podcast. Uh, Pastor Jason, of course, on his sabbatical. But the podcast continues, as does everything else in the life of the church. So uh, our gatherings are, are the same, and all of the events that we have this summer, including Give a Kid a Chance, still go on. My name is David Stein. I'm the campus pastor of Revolution Canton. Purpose of the Grow People podcast, uh, our, our guest doesn't know this, but we always step back from the microphone and then yell, Grow People! That's what we do. Uh, this is Pastor Jason Sabbatic. You did great. I was I was getting ready. You, I, I was. I thought you did it. I, know, I did. Okay. Like I, I, but I, I thought I was going to surprise you by doing it with you. You did surprise me. Well, good. I That's, was. I was, that was my pleasantly guy. surprised. That was good. Uh, you know that voice. Uh, that is Pastor Chad Elliott, who I will introduce momentarily. Yeah. Um, the purpose of the Grow People podcast is to grow, grow people. people. There we go. I'll say I almost caught on. Yeah. I almost, almost got it. Yeah. Almost, almost. Uh, another voice is in the studio. As Pastor Jason sabbaticals, uh, as promised, we were going to have guests this summer. And by the way, um, I hope that you are doing the three things that Pastor Jason asked you to do. Pray for him and his family. Mm-hmm. Pray for the church. And stay engaged. I like to say show up. Show up. Stay mm-hmm. connected to the life of the church. Uh, attend, serve, give, all of the things. So guests all summer over the next eight weeks uh, in between our two worship and communion gatherings, uh, we'll do a series called Parables. And we started that last weekend. Uh, I spoke the first weekend. Our guest today has spoken this past weekend and we got him in the studio uh, prior to that. He and his wife were part of a team that planted Westridge Church in 19, boom, 1997. 97. Yeah, yeah wow. wow. Um, Westridge, uh, you may be familiar with if you're listening. Yes, that is the church that planted Revolution Church 19 years ago. Next yeah. year, the 20th anniversary of Revolution Church. Over the 24 years that he has served in various roles, uh, he was part of the teaching team at Westridge. Um, he became uh, executive pastor at Westridge Church. And then in in 2021, 2021, uh, he and his wife felt the call of God to plant a church in Scotland. Scotland. Uh, it's a long introduction, Paul. Yeah, so, it's all yeah, good. It, it's, all, it's all coming to a crescendo where I will say, welcome, and then I'm going to give your name. So... <laughs> I'm learning all kinds of good stuff um, about you, Paul, which is great. Yes. That's good. Uh, it's all accurate so far, yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, which is, but you yeah. can embellish if you want. Yes. Be, yeah. We yeah. are partnering with you in this yeah. church plant. Uh, we're excited. Can't wait to see what God has for you in yep. Scotland. Please welcome Pastor Paul Richardson. There Thank we you, go. guys. Yeah. yeah. So good job. to be here. Yeah. That was really when good. I was writing the intro, it didn't seem that long, but as I was talking, it that's a long intro, yeah. and I did I skipped some things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So 24 years at Westridge and and now Scotland, right? And, and not Scotland, Pennsylvania, as I said in the message last week. Yeah, uh, but Scotland, Scotland, like yeah. kilt Scotland, right? Yeah. Uh, how did that come about? So we first, first of all, thank you guys for having me, and uh, this is such a treat uh, to talk with you all and and to be here at Revolution this weekend has been amazing, and uh, what a, what a privilege to be partnering together in the gospel in this way. So and I'll say this: like having Paul here is not like a guest. Yeah, like you know, he's family. He's family, because um, you know Westridge is so close to yeah. you know what Revolution is. We literally wouldn't be here mm. without um, lots of things that Westridge, uh, you, I know, 
um, have done for for the church. So we don't feel like this is a guest. Yeah, like yeah. you just. His family coming hanging out. Yeah, right. and that's amen. how I feel about it. Yeah, a- a- I feel a- that as well. Amen. I'm, I'm so glad you said that. Um, I, w- I was just trying to be hospitable. Um, <laughs> and you were. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm working on that. Yes. Yeah. That is Pastor so Chad Elliott. <laughs> uh, he is the executive pastor of ministries. Um, he is the Jasper Campus pastor. He is the pastor of HR. He mm. is the operations pastor and the most interesting man in the world. Did you know that he can do anything? I, I guessed it, but, you know, I yeah. would have guessed it. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed with the pastor of HR thing. That's a lot of companies I know need a pastor in HR, and you may be feeling that at your business, so that's amazing. <laughs> well, he's, he's been my pastor of HR. That's we good. push that title down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we keep that one unlocked. That's good. So so, so what happened in 2021? Yeah. Well, let me, let me back up to 2017. That's when we took our first trip to Scotland. Okay. Um, I was there with uh, the senior pastor of Westridge, Brian Beloy. I was also with James Griffin from Cross Point City over in Cartersville. Mm-hmm. And um, we actually, so I won't go too far around the block, but this was initially, it was a trip to Greece. That's where we thought we were going to, we thought we would be partnering with refugees. Um, at that time in the geopolitical world, you may remember a lot of people were leaving Iraq and Syria and mm-hmm. fleeing what was happening there. And so we went to Athens to see if there was an opportunity for us to engage, mm-hmm. and there just wasn't. Mm-hmm. And um, so— Made a wrong turn in so, Africa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right, yeah. Well, you know, as pastors, a lot of times you, you go somewhere and you meet with partners, and they'll at least give you something. And we really went to a place where they gave us nothing. Wow. And uh, just so separate, separate story for another day. But uh, on the way back, we stopped in Scotland, and uh, that was kind of our arrangement before we went— and uh, with the senior pastor's arrangements, like, yeah, I'm, I'm along for the ride. This is awesome. We were going to be there for a couple nights. And uh, we met with a group of people that were that welcomed us, shared with us a little bit of the story on the ground. And uh, we started going back and forth, trying to plant churches. Uh, we planted a church, Cross Point and Westridge did. And uh, we are just visiting back and forth, hosting other pastors, hosting other ministry leaders, inviting them to come. And I'm going there with my wife, who was part of it as well. And uh, we just learned a lot over the course of two, three, four years, and I never saw it coming, mm-hmm. but there just be- began to be a holy discontent. I mean, first of all, it started off with the country's beautiful, yeah. and then you love the people, you, mm-hmm. you meet people that you love and and, uh, and begin to build relationships with, and then you discover the lostness. Mm-hmm. And most people don't know about Scotland. You, you'll have heard it you know, in this weekend, if, if you heard my talk, that Scotland today is only between one and 2% Christian. Wow. Uh, few hundred years ago, it was 70 to 80%. Um, But today, it's a completely different story. And truly, the Scottish people are a modern-day unreached people group. And uh, and it was ultimately that awareness of the lack of gospel presence that God used in our lives. Two-year prayer journey, say what happened in 2021, uh, we said yes, Mm, after never thinking we would leave where we were. Uh, Certainly, I have told God there were things I would never do. Uh, missions yeah. was one of them. Church planning was one of them. And then um, we got to the point where we said yes and put our yes on the road and it's crazy. went from there. That's unfathomable for for most people. I mean, I lived in Los Angeles. That's an unreached people group. Yeah. <laughs> but there are a lot of churches there. I got saved in Los Angeles. So yeah. it, it happens. Then I move here and everybody identifies as a Christian. Mm-hmm. So what is it? what is it like to be in the climate where it's one to two percent believers. Yeah. So we've seen it on paper, and we've lived there for four months now, and uh, and so to experience it, I would say means 
No one's asking where do you go to church. No one is uh, looking for a church. We're back here currently right now uh, sorting through some immigration stuff, which is all sorted and as, as we prepare to go back. Good. Um, but when I came back to the States, I mean, instantly my wife wanted to go. Of course, we wanted to go to Chick-fil-A. Uh, <laughs> we went to a couple shops. And as soon as we went to this one particular um, shopping center, like here come some students, you know, w- with their camp T-shirt on or, you know, a shirt that says Jesus on it. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. you just don't see this. We, t- we take for granted we still are a Christian nation. And I know we're fighting for that here in, in the States, mm-hmm. but it's, um, that's still the climate here. And, but you go to a place where the gospel presence is so low, you, you really get the sense that you're behind enemy lines. And without the gospel, a society, in a lot of ways, there are a lot of things that crumble. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, want to be respectful. We love the community that, that God's moved us into. But you just sense the lack of hope. You you sense the mental health issues, uh, broken families, brokenness all around, Mm -hmm. um, things that we have here in the U.S., but just uh, on a different level. Is it hostile? You know what? It's not. We we have found, as we have gone in, everywhere we go, we tell people why we're there. First of all, they think we're on holiday, as as they say. They think we're on vacation. And we say, no, we actually move here. We, We live in this neighborhood called Stockbridge on the northern part of Edinburgh. Oh, okay. And so we tell them why we're there. And one of the responses we t- we typically get is, "Good for you." Okay, which is not like, <laughs> you know, sometimes that's, that's like kind of like southern good. for you know, like, like bless your heart. Yeah, yeah. bless your heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In some yeah. parts of the country, like L.A., that's like buzz off. But it's not uh-huh. that you know, it, yeah. that's that's not exactly uh, what it is in Scotland. It's it's really like that's good for you. That's yeah. not my thing, mm-hmm. uh, but but good for you. And yeah. so that's the kind of response. And then sometimes we really are getting an open curiosity, like. Wait, wait, you left, you you moved for this, mm-hmm. you know? And um, and so mm. yeah, we're we're not finding hostility at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh we have been warned that we could in- encounter some things like that. Um, but mostly what we're encountering is just coming into a new place with no reputation, no credibility, and just trying to build relationships and uh and seeing favor along the way. So wow. So you're you know going into coffee shops and pubs and places like that and just saying, hey, my name's Paul, and this is what we're doing? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I I have a rotation of coffee shops. There are a lot of amazing places that we're claiming in Jesus' name, and uh, and even some pubs and restaurants and shops mm-hmm. that uh, I'll just go in, whether or not I'm buying something every time, I'll go in right. and, and speak with people. Yeah. But particularly the coffee houses where the local shops, unlike a Starbucks, the local shops don't want you there all day. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you go in for an hour, you know, order your coffee and work a little bit and leave. And so, yeah, just build relationships mm-hmm. with the baristas. And a lot of the coffee shops have locals. And so to go to the same places on the, you know, the same days of the week on the same rotation yeah. and to be intentional about it, you really do get to know people. Mm-hmm. Pastor Chad uh, is Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> and was there when you were a student. I was, yeah. And what was the climate then? I mean, as a... Um, as a college student, I don't know that we were really, I was a religion major, so I probably should have been paying attention. Um, but we were there, we were only there for like four or five days. Um, it was, the people were amazing, like just super hospitable. I mean, they just welcomed you in just about everywhere you went. You yeah. could just strike up a conversation anywhere, like yeah. just start talking about whatever. Um, so that was really, I mean, that was striking to us. Yeah. Um, you know, based on some of the traveling we had done in Europe, it was different, you know, um, 
from, from our perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that was, I mean, that was really neat. And even that European culture, like you, you have certain places where you socialize, you yeah. know, in pubs and coffee houses and things yeah. like that. That's, you know, mm-hmm. seems very appropriate when you do that. Um, so you would walk into those places, sit down and just strike up a conversation. Um, but right. there, you're, there was no conversation about God. There was no conversation about church. So, you know, right. Um, so, uh, even, even when we would tell them, Hey, what do you hear? You, yeah. You're right. Like there was no, there wasn't anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even back then. So. Ed- Edinburgh is a very diverse city. And so, and, uh, it looks like it's spelled Edinburgh, but just so people know, yeah, I'm still talking about the same place, but yeah. it's Edinburgh is how yeah. they, is how the Scots pronounce it. But everyone is from somewhere else. Uh, city is a little over half a million, but when the students are all there, you've got almost a hundred thousand students in the city. So you're talking about from the age of 18 to 24, mm-hmm. make up about 20% of the city. Wow. And you feel that my mm-hmm. sons are 20 and 17 and they say, it feels like everyone here is our age. Mm-hmm. And so, but they're coming there from other parts of Europe for the University of Edinburgh, for uh, some of the great universities, well-known ones that are in the Scottish mm-hmm. system. And uh, and so, ev- it's a nice thing that everyone's from somewhere else mm-hmm. because it's really not that strange to have an American accent or, you know, to to be there as someone from outside of the country. Yeah. Do, do you, um, I just thought about, like, just in your, you know, just examination of, you know, the this culture. What were the cultural triggers that like led to this I mean kind of staggering percentage rate yeah one to two percent absolutely so you know the Protestant Reformation comes through Scotland comes through St Andrews mm-hmm. and uh, and then just goes all over the country and and beyond and so as a Christian nation for a while and then you have a guy come on the scene by the name of David Hume and he's actually where we get the name humanism the word humanism uh, which is everything's really all about us, right? right? And uh, no God, Hume would say, um, the only thing that you can that matters are the things you can see, the things you can measure. All science based, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And um, and he's still a very influential philosopher in their culture today. And then it was probably it was decades later when a guy by the name of Charles Darwin picks up all of Hume's writings and mm-hmm. adds that to what he's doing. And so I think the combination of those two and churches just not having an answer, churches doing a lot of infighting, mm-hmm. um, is really what has caused the the drop hmm. in Scotland. And then hmm. ultimately over the last few decades, it's just gone off the cliff. So the, they, I mean, just comes back to they'll know us by our love. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and in a in a country yeah. with a history of really violence between Catholics and, and Protestants. Um, to go in with a, a servant posture, mm-hmm. uh, with a loving posture, is a is a completely different deal. Well, I'm fascinated by that um, because we live here in the South, and evangelism is hard here. This is a mission field yeah, absolutely. Uh, because sure. of the number of people that would identify as Christians but would say, yeah, grandma took me to church, so I'm a Christian. Right. And, and we know that that does not make you a believer. So evangelism here can can sometimes have a uh, a tone of, hey, do you know Jesus? Let me tell you what Jesus did for you. Yeah. What, what does evangelism look like mm-hmm. in, uh, in Edinburgh? In Edinburgh. 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 Very nice. Okay, yeah, thank that's you. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I am so geographically ignorant. I had to go onto a map last night and, <laughs> and figure out where where is, where is this place in, in relation to St. Andrews, which you mentioned, because yes. all the golfers, their ears perked up when you said oh. St. Oh, oh, St. Andrews. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, so it, it is 
geographically south of St. Andrews. St. Andrews is on the northern coast. Yeah, northeast side. So Edinburgh's maybe an hour, hour and 15 minute drive, hour and 20 minutes on the train. And I love taking people to St. Andrews because I love the excuse to go there myself. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you played? I haven't played it, but it's public, so you can walk on it. So I've gotten my picture on the Swilkin Bridge. Yeah. Mm. And, um, and you know, and then, of course, the Chariots of Fire Beach is right there for people who are old enough to know what that means. And so you see people running along the beach all, all the time, you know. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, dun. Chad is now running in slow motion right now. So, so for, except for those of you who are watching us on video, he's that's not. Right. No, that's not where, where he's not running. Yes, yes no, I'm just sitting, and here. he's not wearing really short shorts either, no. which we're grateful for. But, we are, yeah, yes. But you know, for the golf, so, so I'll say this for the golfers. I don't know if uh, you realize, but uh, this last year around the famous Wilkin Bridge, mm-hmm. they put a patio. Yeah, and it what? they literally like went to whatever Home Depot or Lowe's yes. and put patio stone d- down, and that's what it looked like. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and within 48 hours, I got pulled back up. So when I was there a few months ago, I asked one of the marshals and they, they love to talk, uh, there. And I just said, who, whose idea was that? And, uh, and he said, I don't know. And he made negative references about people from both genders and other places too. And he was just like, I'm just glad it's gone. You know, they, everybody, everybody hated it. It was a terrible oh idea. Oh my gosh. And, um, it was almost as big a controversy as the PGA tour and live golf right. and the Saudis. <laughs> That's it. Almost, yeah. as big. almost as big. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, man, but there's no patio, but you can still get your picture taken. Yeah. yeah. So you said you go in with a spirit of love, yeah. um, a spirit of caring, a spirit of understanding, a spirit of listening. Yeah. Um, so what does evangelism look like yeah, in that? Yeah. So um, I'll give you a couple of examples. The we did, an out, we did some outreach, our first outreach this previous Easter. So we haven't started meeting yet. We start meeting in September. And we had a team there from Westridge. And uh, we gave out coffee in the community. And people told us, you can't do that here. You know, those kinds of acts of kindness don't work. We mm-hmm. found the opposite to be true. Mm-hmm. And in giving out coffee, we had a lot of conversations. One of those I remember particularly was... Um, a man named Larry, and uh, he's in his 60s or 70s and just gruff, Scottish, stereotypical. You know, he could be the put a kilt on him. He's on the poster, you know, that that kind of thing. And um, as we told him what we were doing, he, oh, you know, then he knows everything about church, right? And he's just spewing kind of all this stuff, all these unfortunately negative things that he had had and seen heard in churches. And so I'm just praying while he's talking, mm-hmm. saying, God, what, what do you want me to say to this guy? Right. And um, I looked at this man and I said, Larry, I said, when's the last time somebody told you that God loves you? And mm-hmm. he just, you could see it in his countenance. He just completely melted. Wow. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I use that line a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, when people say, why are you here? Why are you planting a church? It's like, yeah, we just want, we want you to know that God loves you. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course has a plan for your life. And sometimes, you know, we get the opportunity to go further in those, mm-hmm. in those conversations. Yeah. The other thing, in the in the Scottish community in, in Edinburgh particularly, I don't know what the percentage is, but they have a very high LGBTQIA plus population. Mm-hmm. AI plus, I think I get that wrong, but high uh, high population of lesbian and, and gays and that would say church is not for us. We're not welcome there. Mm-hmm. And so that weekend we were giving away coffee. My wife had made a sign, and so if you can picture. Uh, as you're listening to this, an A-frame chalk sign. My wife's very artistic, and she did some amazing coffee art on both sides of the sign that just said free coffee from the vendor we were using, the Wee Pink coffee trailer, and uh, and Take Hold Church, very last word. And it's like I could watch people read free coffee, and you, like, you see their countenance, their shoulders lift, 
you know, mm. from the We Pink Coffee trailer. Well, that's a cool mm-hmm. like Instagram thing. And take cold shirt. And then you would just, I could watch, I could literally watch body language change mm. and people walk around. And I particularly saw it from lesbian and gay couples. Mm. And so mm. I just positioned myself at the sign. And I really felt the Lord leading me to do this. And every time a lesbian and gay couple came, came up, I, I would just say, hey, we've got free coffee and it's for you. Mm. And it's like they knew what it meant. They knew what I was saying without me giving some big theological yeah, thing. Right. I would just say, this is for you. Or I would say something like, you are welcome over here. And, uh, and it actually did prompt a lot of great conversations and some prayer moments that our team had wow. with, with people in, in, who identify that way. And so, you know what? God's love conquers all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and his love overwhelms all. And what we know going in is, according to Scripture, everyone's got that place inside of them that only God can fill. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, you know, we're in a community that, you know, I don't know what your impressions are of Europe and things, but it's not even Catholic. When I say 1% to 2% Christian, I mean people don't identify as anything. You know, you would say atheist or agnostic or, or whatever. And so we just go in leading with, with God's love and, uh, and let him take care of the rest. I, I think just the last five minutes was so valuable for all of us to hear uh, because, you know, we can get very wrapped into making sure they know the gospel before they leave the conversation at the Kroger. Right. Yeah. But just the notion of, hey, do you know that God loves you? Yeah. Well, and I think that's uh, this conversation, I think, is so important, not just for Scotland. <laughs> but for oh. like our church, yeah. And when they walk in the grocery store, when they walk, mm-hmm. you know, into a restaurant, when they walk into whatever, it's still the same condition that everybody's dealing with. Yeah. You know, that our own sin nature. That mm-hmm. you know, we were we were dead, lost in our sin. Christ came, um, yeah, to to solve that problem. Yeah, uh, and you know, it takes us taking that step to present that yeah. and, right. and tell people that God loves you. Yeah. Like he's not up there throwing lightning bolts or whatever picture you have of you know this tyrannical God. Yeah. Um. He has he has made the leap towards you. He's come towards you. Yeah. Um. And he loves you. So, yeah. Yeah. It's good. And I know you know, for some people maybe listening, they might think, well, you know, that's that's kind of wishy washy, or you know, just talking about love, like like really. But I think more and more today with the way that love and relationships are are misunderstood in our society and twisted mm-hmm. in our society. When you say God loves you, uh, it's not this kind of wishy-washy and we're right. not hiding. I mean, we'll get, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he loved you first. That's the basis for this conversation. Mm-hmm. That's right. Instead of starting the conversation with their sin, mm-hmm. which is there just as mine was right. there, you yeah. know, be- before Christ covered it, um, we just start with with God's love. And the scripture says it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. Right. But that doesn't mean we just be nice. Mm-hmm. Kindness yeah. is... The, the kindness that leads to repentance, I'm seeing more and more, at times is subversive. It does the thing you're not expecting. That's what I mean yeah. by subversive. Yeah. And so um, it's, this is going to be such a challenge. It's going to be hard. It's going to be saturation. It's going to be invitation. It's going to be life on life. And, um, and so we're just looking forward to sharing God's love and kindness, life on life, watching people come alive in Christ, and then letting the Holy Spirit take it from there. It, it's so exciting. I, I want to go. I know yeah. Pastor Chad is going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited this about summer. Can, can um, I ask you? I, I, I just got just family wise. Yeah. Um, you know, I have an 18 year old, have a 14 year old. Um, I'm, I'm just really curious. What does that look like to, mm-hmm. to have that conversation with your kids and your family? 
Yeah. Will you, I mean, will you talk about that a little bit? I know that's yeah. real vulnerable, but like, yeah, no, I'm happy to. We, it, it was very vulnerable. First of all, to the way this started out in our lives was to say, guys, God is stirring in, in my life and in their moms mm-hmm. as well. My wife, Angela, um, we don't think we're going to be at this church in this community forever. We think God's doing something now. So we had that, we had that conversation as a family. We yeah. began to pray as a family. So they were in the journey with us from before we even knew about Scotland. Okay, uh, we had a couple of other opportunities come along, uh, come along the way. One was in Huntington Beach, and in that part of the country, wow, y- yes, Lord, uh, <laughs> we will, we will do that. And uh, but at the same time, God's working in our hearts and our lives about Scotland. And so we were actually on a on a family vacation in Southern California, not knowing before we booked the vacation that I would be interviewing with a church there on vacation. We're sitting in a restaurant uh, in Dana Point, beautiful one of my favorite towns, beautiful area. And my boys have wanted to live, they're 20 and 17. They've wanted to live in California like for a while. You oh, know, wow. We've dreamed okay. about that as a family. Have no idea why you left. I'd love to hear more of your story later, David. But <laughs> I left because of Huntington Beach. Yeah, okay. Well, okay, <laughs> there you go. No, well, no. I definitely my, want to hear the no, story. No. My but, brother lives a, a block from the beach oh, wow. in, in Huntington. Okay. Um, Dana Point, one of my favorites. Yeah. My parents uh, lived, in, or my mom still lives in Laguna Woods. Oh, wow. Um, so, so we're right. sitting in Coastal Kitchen. You yeah. may have been there. Oh, yeah. And um, it was my boys who sat back, uh, my oldest, today they're 20 and 17. So my oldest sat back and just, he took a deep breath and he said, so this doesn't feel right. Mm. Wow. And, um, and so I can get choked up talking about it because I can, I can yeah. see the moment. And he said, this, this doesn't feel right. And he looked at, we were, my wife and I weren't as on the exact same page at the time. The journey was different for, for the two of us. Yeah. And so what he said to my wife was, um, mom, dad's talking about Scotland all the time. We think we know what he wants to do. Um, mom, what's your deal? And that was the family conversation. Like it's raw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my wife's deal was two things. One, you guys, she looked at him and said, you know, mm-hmm. what's this going to do to you all? Mm-hmm. Right. And then the second thing, my uh, father-in-law actually has terminal cancer. Oh. And, uh, and so to be an ocean away from him, you know, that was, yeah. that was on her, her heart too. And so, but that conversation at Coastal Kitchen and Dana Point really shifted our family in a major way. I mean, we'd already been praying together many, many nights as a family, reading scripture, um, talking through this thing. But it was like, God led us all to go, this doesn't, we don't have peace about this. Mm -hmm. But even as out of the box as this other thing is, we have peace about it. And that's been the most bizarre thing in this whole deal. I wouldn't, this is the most out of box thing for me, just about, I feel like I could, I could do, you know. We feel like as an executive pastor somewhere, God's stirring. Yeah. Well, that may mean I'm supposed to go find another church somewhere, which is what we were looking into, or, or church planting. Yeah. And um, but to be in missions, did never saw it coming. Right. But then once we said yes, it was like yeah, there's there's peace there. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, I said yes first, and um, and then I talked with another pastor friend about how do you handle this with your family. And, uh, and he was able to share with me how it played out in his life. And the biggest thing was I was open-handed with my wife. Yeah. And um, she came on board and said yes to Jesus. She didn't say yes to me, which mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. Because when it's cloudy and gray and in January and December when it's dark at 3.30 and it's raining and, and windy— she doesn't look at me and say, why did you bring me here? She can look at Jesus and say, why did you bring me here? <laughs> and so our boys are both the age where uh, we left it up to them. Yeah. You know, do you want to stay in the States for school? You know, we've got great friendships in our community, you know, places you can stay. And separately, one at a time, they both 
came on board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have not obligated them. They're not under contract. Um, <laughs> but, you know, my oldest has taken basically a gap year from college. He's already done a year at Kennesaw State and, and figuring out his next steps. My youngest is online uh, with Liberty University, with their online program in high school. And, uh, and he will finish up this next year and then, and then we'll see. You know, we're being, not being residents, but immigrating to another country. The, the path for them to even stay and live in our home is not clear. And so it's this is an ongoing thing for family that wow. God would call us at this point. And of course, aging parents back in the States, the whole thing. But what, I, what I'm convinced more and more, and I've been convinced in the whole time, is that God's calling us to this. So he's got a plan for everyone else in our lives too. Yes. You know? right. yes. He's going to take care of my mom, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law. He's going to take care of, my, of our parents, my dad and stepmom, and everyone else, my boys. Um, he's got it. Yeah. And he can do it better than I can. Yeah. Wow. It's an incredible journey that you're on. So tell us about Take Hold Church. Yeah. So um, how it came about, how the name came about, or just- How it it came about, where is it, where where you're meeting, have you started meeting? Yeah. Okay. The whole, yeah, we we can do it. So Take Hold, uh, I I love the name, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's really It's from 1 Timothy chapter 6, and I think Paul uses it in Philippians as well. Um, and maybe a couple other places, but in First Timothy chapter six, Paul says, "Fight the good fight of faith and take hold of the eternal life to which you were called." Mm-hmm. And then he says again at the end of the chapter, um, he talks about um, taking hold of life; it's truly life. I just love the phrase, yeah. you know. And the whole taking hold of eternal life—it sounds like a vapor, right? Um, how do we take hold of something that's later? But we know that Jesus teaches it's not later; it's now. It's the now. New Testament yeah. teaches it's now. So we're chasing after, running after Jesus. That's what being Take Hold Church is all about. Mm. And so I was just through a time of study for me a few years back, even before I know, knew about Take Hold Church, this phrase became part of our lives. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, um, what else did you have? Oh, so where are we, what are we doing? Well, we're- um, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. What, are you, what are you doing there? Yeah, so- uh, <laughs> You got your golf clubs in the trunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the name has attracted a little bit of attention from other churches. We had a-, a they're very blunt in Scotland, the church leaders, and we've we've got some favor and some new friendships there. And one guy just said, "It's a very odd name for a church," and we said, "Yeah." And then we you know share with him the whole story. Yeah, but First Timothy, Paul mm-hmm. said this. You know, and he's like, "Yes, but it's a very odd name for like he didn't affirm or anything." <laughs> yeah. he was just what like, what yeah. are other names for churches there? Oh, just oh yeah. Speaking of, you know, one is P's and G's. This is a great name for a church. It's because they meet in a two to three hundred year old building. That was St. Paul's and St. George's Chapel, and uh, and so now they're P's and G's, P's you know? and, G's. Yeah. Okay. and it actually it actually really works in context, you uh-huh. know. Okay. And so um, a lot of their churches, like around here, are named based around streets and landmarks oh, and things. Okay. So um, God, over the period of these last few months of being there, led us to a church called uh, St. Stephen's Church. So St. Stephen's is a two hundred year old, almost two hundred year old building. Wow. Um, Famous architect for those for people who are into that kind of thing. William Henry Playfair designed the building, mm. and uh, it's the it, when it was built, it was the largest pendulum clock in Europe, 162 feet high. It sits at the bottom of a hill, this huge tower. Um, but if it were sitting on normal ground or up, it would be the biggest in the city. So people know where this place is, okay. which is a great gift for us. Yeah. So we have some favor with the owner there, um, who he is actually friends. Here's a crazy story. I'll try to make it quick. He's friends with Sir Ian McKellen. He's friends with Gandalf, for those of you who, who don't know who that is. And so uh, I was walking on the street last summer, 
knowing that Surrey McKellen was actually performing in this church. It's basically used as a ballet studio and once a month as a theater. And uh, up the street walks Gandalf. And okay. I try not to fanboy. <laughs> I looked at my wife and she just said, stay calm, stay cool. And I, I did. I got a selfie with Gandalf. It, yeah, was, it was awesome. Yeah. The only thing is, you know, I look a lot taller on stage, but I'm not. Okay. And so the only thing I'll say <laughs> is that the wizard is my height in, in real life. So I don't want to burst any bubbles, but that's, that's a real thing. And so, you know, when we're meeting the owner of this building, I was able to say to him, hey, I, I think I met a friend of yours. And sure enough, the owner is a 73-year-old man. He's very close with Sir Ian. And um, and so, it, it in an odd way, that chance encounter on the sidewalk gave us a little bit of favor mm-hmm. and an in. Okay. And uh, just the way God's arranged, arranged all these things. So, yeah. it's a massive building. If you Google it, see it online, St. Stephen's Church in Edinburgh. Um, but it's got a lot of spaces inside. So it's got space if you want to gather 100 people, if you want to gather 250, or if you want to gather, you know, five to 700. So yeah. we believe it's a space we can grow with. Mm-hmm. Um, you can pray with us. There's no parking. Like how many people would come to Revolution Church if there wasn't a parking lot, you know, yep. or, or Westridge anywhere? It's obviously, it's a different culture. It's a walking city. Sure. Um, most of the churches don't have a parking lot, but we're still, we, we know people can walk in from the local community and then, you know, we'll kind of see who God brings us from there. Mm-hmm. So we're starting in September. September 3rd is our first service and we're going to meet once a month until we believe about February and then we'll begin to meet more regularly in the lead up to Easter. Cool. Um, uh, we talk about like this style. There, there's, like, there's a picture. It took, oh, yeah. it took me, I was listening. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. 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 Can they see it if you show it there or you can, or they can Google it or, or whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to show it yeah. right now. If yeah. You're wa- if you're watching on YouTube, there yeah. it is. That's see? Stay Cold Church. St. That? Stephen's Church. That wasn't the camera so that was cool. on. Okay. Either <laughs> yeah. one. Either one. Yeah. Style. Um, I mean, we've thought and prayed a, a, a lot about this, but it's going to be similar to what we would recognize around here. Okay. You know, I mean, the way that I'm treating this is that God called us. Right. And so, and God knows what we do. And who we are. That's a great yeah. and so great answer. Um, you know, it's a city, it's a young city, it's a multicultural city, and um we're just we're just hopeful that we can have some energetic um energetic worship sounds a little bit cheesy. I'm I'm looking for an, another word, dynamic, I would say. Yeah. Holy Spirit infused worship mm-hmm. um that can draw people in. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna teach. There's there's some great pastors and churches there. There's there are not some that do things quite the way that Revolution would do, or that Westridge or, or Crosspoint would do, right. and so things like you know message series to try to invite people in. Hey, I want to I want to find out more about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, and again, just our our biggest thing right now seems to be acts of service as far as reaching out to people. Mm-hmm. But then you know God created us for community, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the other things that we have found out in talking with people and giving out coffees and, and other things that we've done is um, it's a very lonely city talked with one lady particularly she said i've lived here for three years and i don't know anybody and she it was going off with her maybe a church would be a good place for me to meet people a good place to connect so we talk a lot about welcome connection belonging yeah and um and they're not just buzzwords they're felt needs yeah and so sure uh, those are the conversations we're having um this is near and dear to us uh, when we planted our jasper campus yeah that we didn't have a place to meet yeah. Hmm. And uh, didn't didn't know Sir Ian. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, I wonder if he's ever been to Jasper. So no, no, for sure, we would yeah. know if he had. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> no. So uh, Pastor Chad kind of spearheaded this with, uh, you know, Zip and, and our missions. Yeah. 
to just go to Jasper once a month with 100, 150 team members to do acts of service, to to serve the community, to seek the welfare of the city. So that's what you're doing. You're you're rocking, seek the welfare of the city to which you were sent. Yeah, I've read that scripture many times. It's funny, the uh, beginning of that uh, scripture in Jeremiah says, to the city to which you were sent in exile. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you've been exiled to Jasper, or or I don't think I've been exiled to Edinburgh, but it's just interesting, like (laughs) wherever you are, wherever God sends you, uh, we, I mean, we know we're aliens and strangers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We are in a sense, we're exiled from our, our home country. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we are aggressively, hopefully seeking the prosperity of our little neighborhood is called Stockbridge. So when you hear the traffic reports around Stockbridge, Georgia, hopefully you can think of us think and say yeah. a prayer for Take Hold Church. Mm-hmm. We're in uh, Stockbridge in Northern Edinburgh. Well, uh, oh. as, as Pastor Chad said in the beginning, uh, this is, this is family. And an important component of this is that Revolution is part of Engaged Churches, mm, a yeah. church planting network yep. uh, started by uh, Pastor Brian mm-hmm. at Westridge Church, the church that planted us, to go back to that. And we are partnering with you, mm-hmm. uh, just as we're partnering with the other three churches that are coming in, those pastors preaching this summer in this series on uh, parables. Yep. So this is a revolution church thing. Yeah. Uh, so we're excited about that to help you partner uh, with the gospel in in Scotland, what's the best way that our people can help you? Yeah, so let me just tell you uh, again. I'm on a completely different side of this now, a side I never thought I would be. Um, I was an executive pastor at a large church. That doesn't mean I was a somebody, but it just meant you know I had a lot of identity in, in that and, and reputation in that. And now I'm back at Westridge, staying in the missions house, uh, something <laughs> I never expected I would be. I would be doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I say all that to say is I really know it differently as a missionary now. So if you've heard missionaries say some of the things I'm about to say, just know it's real. Okay. okay? So I would ask that you pray for us. Mm-hmm. And prayer is not a, a throwaway word or a throwaway sentiment uh, or just something to make us feel better. We, I really believe in the power of prayer. Pray that God would manifest himself to the people of of Stockbridge and, and Northern Edinburgh and all, all across the city. Um, pray for our family as we get settled in. Pray for favor. Um, we are even these simple acts of kindness that we've mentioned. There, there have been a lot of hurdles and obstacles. They're, they're not something that are easy to pull off there, and there's lots of different reasons for that. Um, and so, we say my my wife is so good about saying every time she says, "Pray that God would go before us into the hearts and lives of people." Mm. And that's something we prayed mm. when Westridge started. And the reason why we, we pray that is so it gives us confidence when we go into the coffee shops and to the pubs or wherever uh, to know that God has gone before us in this place. Yeah. The other thing about prayer um, that I'm, I'm learning, really what I'm learning is about spiritual warfare. And these la- it's a part of what all of us do, what all of us live. There's an enemy against us. This feels different. I don't know why. It's, um, I think it's, we're behind enemy lines, mm-hmm. right? And uh, ground that he has had for for decades and generations now. And so, when you when you pray for us, you know, prayer is the weapon of our warfare. Spiritual warfare is not something to be afraid of. We know that God is greater, um, but we we sense the the oppressiveness there. And so, when you pray, that's the best thing that that you can do for us. Cool. And um, you know, outside of the UK, we have a website. So if you went if you went to takeholdchurch.com, that's really local. And uh, it's just in development for us to reach our local community. But if you want to follow the stories, you can sign up for email. You can go to takeholdscotland.com, 
and there's a wee video. There's my Scottish word. There's a wee video on yeah, there. Yeah, people are very upset that you're not coming with a Scottish accent. I know. No oh, kill. Was, that was the question no blue I face wanted paint. to know. Yeah. yeah. As, you, as you go over there, do you, are you I picking can't it, it up? Yeah, okay. I can't. My youngest is picking it up. My wife does all kinds of accents. She, yeah. she can do that kind okay. of thing, but no. But takeholdscotland.com, and you can uh, subscribe, and then we try to send updates out a couple times a month and share the stories of what God's doing. Well, we're, we're again, super excited to partner. Oh, yeah. Uh, take hold Scotland. So pray for the Richardsons. Uh, we want to get to know you more because uh, yeah. I, I don't I, I don't think you can partner with someone unless, you know, you, you get to know them. Yeah. yeah so I, I have some other questions to ask. But before we get to that, we met a guy at one of the engaged church uh, meetings. Yeah. Because we get together with engaged churches here locally in the Atlanta area every month. We met a guy and he was sharing his story. He said he, he just kind of upped and bought a building in <laughs> Edinburgh, Edinburgh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a, it's an Airbnb. Yeah, it is w- now. What, what happened? Is it? Yeah. So, um, I simultaneous to us, but completely independent of us, God called another family, uh, Jonathan and Rebecca Lindsay. Jonathan mm-hmm. is a businessman. He's an entrepreneur. His wife is a college professor and um, just a brilliant couple. So I'm, I'm so glad you asked me about them because, you know, missions doesn't always look like church planting. It does You don't have to be a professional uh, Christian or, you know, have right. a degree somewhere to go be a missionary. Uh, but rather, Jonathan and Rebecca have uh, started an organization they call Access Scotland, and um, they are hosting our teams. They bought an inn, a 200-year-old inn called the Red Lion in, in Dune. D O U N E. It's about forty five minutes outside of town. Dune. Dune. Then Dune. It's, yeah. Dune. You can Dune. 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 There you go. You can almost say that with a Scottish accent. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And um for those of you that have seen um, Monty Python the Holy Grail, I think it, I'm not sure how many times that's come up on this podcast, but it's the the castle. S- several times. Yes, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the castle from Monty Python is like a ten minute walk from from their inn. And I say that to say the castle is used in all kinds of movies and TV, mm-hmm. and so a lot of people come through oh, cool. to see this particular place. So when it's not a missions home, it is, uh, it's on Airbnb. But Jonathan and Rebecca have this place, and they are hosting our teams, which we hope there will be many from, from Revolution in, in the future. And so they have refurbished this place. It's amazing. Uh, they provide the transportation, great food. Jonathan's a great cook. He somehow got like a Traeger, big green egg, something out there. And huh. so I have food that feels like I'm I'm in Georgia when I go out oh, to, to that Traeger. place. <laughs> Nicely done. Good job. Nicely yeah. done. So um yeah, so they are they're tremendous. And they also hope that this will grow to the point that they can bring uh, other people out. And so uh, they're taking bring hosting some pastors on kind of a, a retreat. Mm-hmm. Um and they'd like to do that for businesses at some point as as well or, or other groups. So, you know, uh, men and women come from all over the world to golf in Scotland. And uh, particularly in the summer times, it's the birthplace of golf. It's the birthplace of fly fishing, and uh, and so I didn't know. Um, that. Yeah, so Jonathan and Rebecca it's, can it's facilitate a country. It really is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, they can facilitate those things, and so you know um, we can help you reach out to them if you'd like. Mm-hmm. You can reach out through me if if you'd like and connect you to them. But if you want to, if your business is one of those that's in position to um to woo some customers with uh, a little golfing on Muirfield or St Andrews we can try to make that happen for you so well i think i think we need to make that as the next pastors retreat Priority. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah well, well yeah. I'm, I'm sure anybody listening right now is like hey how do i how do i how do i get involved with this church plan uh-huh. scott right. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. well and it means the world i mean we do have some teams that are just starting mm-hmm. to come 
And, um, and you know, partnership, it just, I, again, from this side of it now, it just means more than mm-hmm. I ever really knew. Yeah. Uh, to know that we're on, you know, that your staff is praying, that people in the church are praying. Mm-hmm. Uh, the financial partnership is, is great, but just the, the relationship uh, means the world. Mm-hmm. So tell me about Paul Richardson and his journey with Jesus. When did that happen? Yeah, so um, I was blessed to be raised in a Christian home. It was a broken home. My, fam- uh, my parents divorced when I was five, uh, but both, both my parents know the Lord, and, and I was in two different churches. I was getting church all the time. I uh, would spend my summers with my grandparents who were in vocational ministry. So I was always around church. Mm-hmm. And like you referenced earlier, you know, sometimes living in the South, people just think they're Christians because they're around it, you yeah, know, and Southern by the grace of God, you know, mm-hmm. the whole the whole deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so for me, even going to a Christian school, um, I was the Bible trivia kid, the sword drill champion. I mean, you name it. And, um, and got to the end of high school and really had a crisis of belief. And... Um, which no one saw coming, including me. Mm. And so, but I was, in a, I was in a safe place where I talked with a couple of mentors and I just said, listen, I've been doing this all my life. I know the scriptures um, at 19 all my life, right? <laughs> and, um, but I don't think I know Jesus and I'm mad at Jesus about it, mm. you know? And um, my wife, who I had dated, but we were broken up at the time, I still confided in her as a friend and I called her and just, you know, was angry about breakup that happened a few months before and all that kind of thing. And she really challenged me. She said, you, you need to make this right more than anything else in your life. Why don't you just, she and one other pastor had said this to me, why don't you just not allow the enemy to make this an issue with you? You know what you need to do. Mm. You need to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Mm. And uh, I wrestled with God for like several days on that. And, um, and then just had a moment where I just said, okay, I'm done wrestling, done, you know. So it's not the most dramatic of stories, but I, I had my own faith journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was 19, I just, I just said, Lord, my life is yours. And, um, and so, and, you know, the whole thing for, uh, I, I prayed the, the sinner's prayer of salvation because that's where I was raised, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I sure. made sure I got it right. You yeah. know, I recited mm-hmm. the whole thing. And, uh, and so, but yeah, that's, that's my story. And then that girl did come back around. I, I came to salvation and she came back to Jesus so that we could, no, I'm just kidding. She, she did, she hadn't fallen away when she broke up with me. Um, but, um, so yeah. And then, so we were married, we were very young, younger than I would allow my own sons to get married. Uh, I was 21. She was a week before her 20th birthday. She was 19. And, um, and then we moved immediately to help start Westridge. I was already in Hiram, Dallas mm-hmm. area. And, um, and then, but she moved in right, right as we got married. Really amazing story. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, four months in Edinburgh. Yeah. And I said it right that time. Yeah. Um, what do you miss the most about? About here? About the Hiram. States? Or, Hiram. Oh, man. <laughs> no. What do you miss most about Georgia? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, I, I have, it's the most obvious cheesy answer, but I do miss Chick-fil-A. Yeah. You know, and um, you miss friendships. Mm-hmm. You miss people more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, the... Um, there are a lot of things we can get most everything that we're used to there in, in uh, grocery stores and shops and things, but there are a few things that, you know, we don't have access to certain cereals, certain, you know, uh, coffee creams and things like that. But, um, yeah, I, I, more than anything, you, you miss the people and my family does a lot of things around food. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just found, right. this was, this was the hand of God. We just found Mexican food right before we left. Oh. And uh, and so I found on Cinco de Mayo wow. a place that yeah. that I think it's the only one in the entire city, maybe in the whole country. <laughs> and um, but you know, 
when I need a burrito and rice and beans, now I've got a place. So. The haggis burrito is delicious. The haggis <laughs> they did have haggis tacos. I did not order them. No, no, yeah, for sure. Because that is the vegetarian Man. option. I think. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know when, if it is or not. When when Sandy Lyle won the Masters, and um, they get to pick the menu for the champions dinner he had haggis oh my goodness on the menu oh, he, wow. he had other, other things yeah he, you'd have you know, to in, ca- yeah. in case jack and Arnie didn't to. want to yeah. eat haggis <laughs> no yeah you gotta oh, thank you gotta serve them so a couple of really important things if we're going to get to know paul richardson and these are just kind of themes we have here on the podcast yeah uh, your thoughts on whataburger i've only had it once mm-hmm. i had it right after it opened in uh panama city beach okay and i i wasn't impressed i no, i'm sorry i don't panama know city beach one is not no, it's that, not a good representation. That's no. the only time I've ever had okay. it. And they had been open for like three days mm-hmm. when yeah. I had it. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, sorry. I, I, I'm will, more... I will say that the one in Woodstock, because that's the one okay. I've had here, is right a good is. representation. Okay. I need yeah. to do that before we go back. Burgers yeah. is something that is, are not the same overseas, yeah. in the UK particularly. So. Yeah, because Jason made sure, he made sure that his staff has been well indoctrinated oh, nice. into yeah. Whataburger. Yeah. So, that's great leadership. So, yeah, it really we, is. If we go to Texas, normally the first thing we do when we get off the plane is find a Whataburger. Yeah. I mean, that's the first thing. That See, happens, I'm an in so. and out guy and I've been to California oh, more, yeah. more than totally. Texas. Yeah, that was, so, that yeah. was the next question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'm not anti Whataburger. I think right. Whataburger is a fine burger. Yeah. But yeah, in and out. How do you get yours? Yeah. Huh? Oh, I, you know what? I don't do the secret menu or anything like that. Okay. I just, I just go straight up, you know, for the, for the single on the menu, that kind of thing. Okay. So is it an, animal style, animal style. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's all kinds of secret. My, my mm-hmm. boys love, love that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's a place in San Juan Capistrano where the same parking lot It's the most, it's gotta be one of the most crowded parking lots in the world. It is Chick-fil-A and In-N-Out in the same space. Yes. It's Wow. Nowhere like it. But you can do breakfast and lunch and not have to leave. You know, it's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. True. It's the only sane place in California right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, cilantro. Is it from the devil? Hmm. Um, is it from the devil? What a great question. Um, too much of I it think, is. I think it is. I, too much yeah. of it is. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, don't, I guess I don't mind a little, but yeah. right. what does it do for you? I mean, it gets in your teeth. Yeah, and it, and it tastes like know, soap. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Maybe it is of the devil. That's a revelation for me. Okay. Chad, did you have any other pressing questions? <laughs> <laughs> How do you follow cilantro? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. really think you can. Yeah. I think normally, Pastor Jason and I, for the first 15 minutes of the podcast, we're talking about absolute nonsense. <laughs> and and then it gets really good. But we, we did all the really good stuff, stuff in, 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 yeah. in, in the beginning. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, so, uh, Do you have a kilt? Not yet. But like that's one of my goals going over there. Yeah. Because like I know my tartan and all that kind of stuff. I almost bought one when I was there before. Yeah. And I didn't because I was a poor college student and I know, figured out how expensive it was. Yeah. But you know your tartan? What yeah. does that mean? Um it, it, the pattern. The color of, of your the color, yeah. color. I have a there's a modern and an ancient. Okay. So there's two actually. Yeah. From from, from your clan? From clan, yeah, in Scotland. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Clan yeah, Elliot. The, the the pattern. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah. I'll show it to you later. So I have. <laughs> I don't need to see your kilt. <laughs> or are you in a kilt? <laughs> come on. So a lot of things come from Scotland. Like it's a little bit of a joke in our house. But you know the phrase "the whole nine yards" yeah. comes from Scotland mm-hmm. because kilts were originally nine yards of nine fabric. Yard. That's right. Now, when I do get a kilt, it probably won't be that kind of kilt. It also won't be the tourist kilt that's like fifteen pounds. Um, you know, in, in all the shops there. But I I was a children's pastor for the first nine years or so of my professional ministry life. And one of those uh, young ladies is now a young woman. She's found a guy 
And she said, hey, if I come to Scotland, will you find a field somewhere and, and officiate my wedding? And then we'd like to go fishing. And so she's a good Georgia girl and found a good Georgia boy. Wow. And that's that's what they want to do. And so my wife is like laid down the law. She's like, if you're going to do a wedding in Scotland, because they do, the pastor's there. It's the official dress. Mm-hmm. So I'll have a kilt and mm-hmm. long socks. And mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah. thought it was really neat that we brought you out on stage this weekend uh, with bagpipes. I thought that, <laughs> that was, was yeah, <laughs> nice yeah. touch. That was a good touch. Yeah. Um, now, yeah. now people who didn't come to church because the intersection of Highway 20 and Union Hill Road was closed. Yeah. They're like, oh, I missed yeah. it. No, yeah. I'm kidding. I know that there were people in the the audience um, that were wearing kilts because before you spoke, I know that they were on Amazon, literally. Nice. Ordering kilts <laughs> so they could wear them. Yeah. So anyhow. They were the ones yeah. most disappointed when I opened my mouth and went, oh, he's not, oh, he's not Scottish. No. Yeah, this no. is so confusing. Man, I was Weird. expecting Sinclair Ferguson or something like that. <laughs> All you got to do is say we one time and yeah. you'll be fine. Yeah. You're good. Everybody. You're good. Well, thank Very you for good. being on the podcast. Uh, this went thank you guys. like that. Oh, yeah. Um, we we just look forward to partnering with you. Uh, please do the things that Paul has asked. Pray for the Richardsons. Uh, pray that God would manifest in the city. Uh, pray for favor in the city and uh, for Take Hold Church Scotland. Yeah. Go to takeholdchurchscotland.com. Takeholdscotland.com. Take find hold, out more about oh, Take, take hold Church. Yeah. Com. Very good. Uh, our producer is Brian Damaro. Our uh, intern's Tyler. Is that your name? Yep. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, our, <laughs> we just started our intern program. They're, all, they're running yep. around yep. all yep. over the place. Yep. Tyler the intern. Yep. Tyler yep. the intern. He will be the, a legend, mm-hmm. I, I guarantee. He will. Um, it's over. We have yeah. a lot of people that work on the show, uh, mm. Paul. Uh, our head of doctrine and theology is theologian. Um, <laughs> nice. You may have known her. Uh, she came up through West. She's Ridge. corrected me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, our chief evangelist is Salvation. Uh, our backsliding prevention officer it's is not Theo. Did we get rid of him? Yes. Now we have a Thea. Yes. Okay. It's, I, it's, I just it, didn't know. It's, I, it's, it's man, Thea. I like Theo. He was. Yeah. Yeah. He was good. Um, our Sharp. backsliding prevention officer is Luke Warm. Mm. Um, God bless Luke. Yeah. yeah. Our, bless our translator is Lexi Khan. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's music playing behind this because this yeah. is pre-produced and, <laughs> and these are... And we're all great. Yes, this is, well, yes our, lineage, our lineage specialist is genealogy. Our director of Swedish witnessing is Bjorn again. Um, that You can laugh out loud if you want. I know you're suppressing it. You're, you're, am I supposed to have this much fun? I don't know. Our expert on Russian eschatology. Do you have one? At, I don't. At Take Hold? I, no, not yeah. yet. Oh, yeah, we're, his, we're, his name is Pitov Hell. Uh, Pitov Elf, our, our Russian eschatology oh, wow. expert. Our director of holiness is Mortification. Um, our staff counselor is Les Moody. Is he? Nice. I, I haven't found that about him. Okay. So. Um, our giving coordinator is Generosity. Uh, our director of tithing is Tim Percent. Our nativity coordinator is from France. Her name is Beth Lachem. Um, she's also uh, Israeli. Um, our co-pastors of plagues are Manny Locust and Lance Boyles. This is probably the worst part of your week. I know. <laughs> this is. I'm just hoping I can remember a couple of these. Our, our Irish eschatology uh, professor uh, is Mark O the Beast. Um, <laughs> what in the world? I think mortification just walked Mortific- back in. Morty- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, our head, yeah. uh, heading up our legal policies and procedures department, also from France, Stone Tablet. Um, Stone Tablet. Yeah. Stone Tablet. But he doesn't remember um, being here. So I'm yes. about to make an appointment with Les Moody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our longtime 
Uh, listener, first time caller Jimmy has said that our director of communication is Bernie Bush. And our director, um, I wrote this today. I can't, okay. Our Scottish witness, witnessing expert from, uh, I'm sorry, our, our Scottish director of witnesses. Okay. From Hebrews 12. Oh, okay. Is Connor McLeod. Well done. Good, <laughs> good job. Wrote that today. Surrounding us yes, even now. Yes, yes. Wow. And, and that's all I got. It was real um, relevant. Yeah, for a transcript of the show, just write down everything we say except for the last three minutes. Uh, and the best advice, Pastor Jason always ends the podcast with this. Trust God and take a nap. There you go. See you.